On today's show, we'll look at what you should do and in some cases shouldn't do when it comes to withdrawing money from your retirement accounts. Doing the wrong thing may cost you tens of thousands of dollars over time. Welcome in to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome in, everybody. This is The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Uh, Steve is president, founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions, offices all up and down the eastern seaboard. He's a sought-after speaker and brought in to train other advisors at some of the largest financial firms and insurance companies. Uh, he's a best-selling author. The book is called Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Hey, Steve, good morning. What's going on? Things are great. How are you? Very, very well. Thank you. And we have, you know, you, you talk about a lot of these things that, uh, you know, you know, working with a financial advisor. And I know I'm, I'm probably a little biased. Maybe you are, too. But I think that working with an advisor, a fiduciary independent advisor uh, like you with 20 plus years experience, to me, it's going to be worth every penny. <laughs> because you're going to end up with more money when it comes time to retirement. Am I right or wrong? That's exactly it. When you do pl proper planning, you don't waste money on, on things unnecessarily like taxes and fees. Right. And again, that's the thing that we want to kind of eliminate uh, if we can, or at least keep things to a minimum. And so as we start looking at, at our retirement plan, provided we have a plan, I mean, I think a lot of folks start out with, uh, with a number of accounts, but those accounts don't constitute a plan. That's where you come in. Yeah, we call that the financial junk drawer. And so <laughs> like what happens that. Is, is, is that you have a insurance policy that you bought from a buddy from college. And then there's someone that you play golf with that sold you a mutual fund. You end up having all of these different accounts and you don't know how they work together or there's no cohesion whatsoever. And so what having a plan does is show you, all right, here's the type of assets you should own. And for this segment of your life, here's the type of assets you should own for this period of your life. And here's how they work together and here's how you distribute from them. And so having that, what that does is it allows you, number one, to control your taxes a lot more efficiently. And number two, it allows you to, if you're working with a fiduciary, someone who's actually going to point out all the hidden costs that you're paying on your existing investments, then you can usually save fees as well. And so no financial advisor has a crystal ball or no one's going to, you know, sometimes financial advisors will sell and say, oh, I, my, you know, my track record is I've averaged 15%. No one knows what they're going to average tomorrow. Most financial advisors and most managers don't beat the, the indexes. A financial planner can really only save you money two ways. One, keeping you from paying unnecessary taxes, and two, saving you on unnecessary fees. Right. And those are the kinds of things that, that I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a do-it-yourselfer, but to me, the closer you get to retirement, the more critical it becomes to have that second set of eyes who looks at things, you know, objectively, takes the emotion out of it, and really can help us get to that next stage of life called retirement. Absolutely. And I, I think... One of the reasons why the do-it-yourselfer mentality is prevalent, and it, you see it on the commercials, whether it be like the Charles Schwab commercials or whatnot, sure. um, is that as an industry, advisors charge a lot of money um, and their, their fee structures are complicated. So, But if you're working with a fee-only advisor, so someone who's charging you a flat fee for the service, it's a predictable, understandable fee and it's usually not an absurd charge like one and a half percent of your total asset. Sure. So 
I mean, if you think about that logically, say you had a $2 million portfolio and you were paying 70 basis points or 0.7% in uh, mutual fund expenses and you're paying the advisor uh, 1%. So now you're paying all in 1.7% on a $2 million portfolio. Well, that's $34,000 a year. And there are very few services that we're willing to pay $34,000 a year for. <laughs> you so, are correct. <laughs> so so that, that's why it makes sense to work with someone who's transparent about their fee and what the cost is. Absolutely. And, and those are the kinds of things and the questions that you can answer. You know, you talk about uh, being a fiduciary independent. Those are the keys to me uh, because, you know, you are totally transparent when it comes to fees. And so people know before they walk out the door, oh, this is what I'm going to be paying. Right. And, you know, we, we try and make it reasonable and it's a flat fee. It's the same fee every year. So yeah, that's one of the things that like if you watch those ads, they love to say, oh, we make money when you make money. Well, they're supposed to grow your money. So right. exactly. uh, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you've ever seen Chris Rock stand up, but he has a whole thing of like, but well, you're not supposed to go to jail. <laughs> you know, right. but people exactly. wanting credit for things they're supposed to do. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, they're supposed to be making you money. So what that just means is that they're charging you a percentage of your assets. And it becomes, once your assets grow to a certain point, it becomes very, very, very uh, expensive. 800-705-9995. That's the number, folks. So we're here talking about things that we should do, maybe some things we shouldn't do. And, and so this one can go either way, but we can claim Social Security beginning at 62 doesn't necessarily mean it's the best idea, doesn't mean it's a bad idea, but it may not be the best. Yeah, so the way I look at Social Security and the way I frame it in my book is I look at it through two hurdles. The first one is a health hurdle. Right. So if you're not healthy, if, and when I say you're not healthy, I mean, you're not healthy. You have something that reasonably shortens your life expectancy, sure. like some type of cancer or then it's okay to collect it at 62, but you also want to think about your spouse. So if your spouse is going to be collecting on your record and they're completely healthy, it may still make sense to wait. Um, but typically that's one of the first things you want to look at is your health. And we all tend to overestimate the damage that we've done to our own bodies. So the break even between collecting at 62 and at full retirement is, is 76 years old. The majority of us that make it to 62 are gonna make it to 76. And the example I always use, even though he doesn't collect social security, is in December, Keith Richards is going to turn 78 years old. So I don't think anyone has done more damage to their body than Keith Richards. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Just look at his picture. Holy cow. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you, you know, it just because you, you think you've done some damage, if you have real health issues that shorten your life expectancy, then you don't clear the health hurdle. Right. The other one is the obvious one is the financial hurdle, right? So if you are coming into retirement, not necessarily on your own terms because you got laid off or... Um, maybe you just physically couldn't do the job anymore. Uh, if you can't live without the social security, then you have to, you have to take it early. Of course. And again, those are the kinds of things. Can we talk about the, uh, the 5.9% cost of living, uh, adjustment this year? That's a big deal, huh? It is. It's a huge deal, but don't forget that they give in one hand, they probably take in the other. So I would expect your part B premiums to jump. And, um, so it is a great deal. But also the cost of things that you're buying, especially if you're going to fill up your car, Oof, um, yeah, has gone up boy. pretty significantly too. Exactly. So. Well, again, that, that I mean, so the reason it's at 5.9% this year um, is because inflation is on the rise. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And we've had 20 some odd years of, of you know, underperformance 
in inflation. And so I've been saying for the last three or four years that we're due for a, a period of reversion, meaning a period of higher inflation. The last time we had 20 years of low inflation like this was between 1948 and 1968. And we, that was obviously followed by the 70s where there was 7.5% inflation. Sure. No, I, I don't think we're going to get there. I think we'll probably go down a little bit from here and probably settle in somewhere in the low threes, high twos. Mm -hmm. But it's important that you're working with someone who's creating a plan that's adjusting for inflation and accounting for inflation. And that's something that we do in all of our plans. We account at the long-term historical average of inflation, which is 3.42%. Right. And it's important that you have that inflation built in because it's not about having a, a, a set amount of money that you need today. It's about retaining the same purchasing power throughout your retirement because no one wants to retire and live a worse lifestyle. And that's what a plan does. And it gives you that peace of mind to say, hey, look, I have enough to support this lifestyle. We try and provide that peace of mind to all of our listeners, and we offer free uh, financial plans to the first 15 callers every single week. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. Does your retirement plan need an overhaul? When we come back, we'll highlight some signs that you might need to take another look at your plan and perhaps make some changes. We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, this is the show where we kind of blow the whistle on financial fouls. Uh, Steve's wrote a book called, uh, it's a best-selling book called Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. I want to learn more about the book, Steve, and, and, uh, and I'm sure that you made reference to it in the last segment. So let's, I would love to hear more about that as we go through this. But, you know, when it comes to uh, an overhaul, I remember the days, I mean, I'm old enough, I remember when you could pop the hot, pop the hood on a car and actually make some changes and understand what's going on in there. It's not that way anymore today. And the same can be said about financial planning and retirement and income planning. Yeah, no, absolutely. In the old days, when let's just go back to the era of the New Deal when Social Security was sure. created. Okay. Right. People retired at 62 and they lived to 67 or 68 years old. Right. And even, even our parents' generation, they assumed that they were going to live maybe 10 to 15 years in retirement. Right. If you're a 65-year-old couple today, there's a very high likelihood that one of the two of you is going to make it to 90. So you're talking about at least a 25-year period of retirement. And so you want to plan to have income. No one wants to run out of money. When they do, when they do these surveys, everyone's biggest fear is running out of money. And so, and then becoming a burden on other people. And so it's better to plan and not, not go out and there's, there's aspirational stuff that you want to do when you first retire, but you want to make sure that you do that aspirational stuff, but still have enough money left over. Oh, that's you, the key. You don't want to blow all of your money in the first five, six years of retirement and then find yourself in your mid seventies saying, I need to find a, a job. And so, um, no, that's not a pleasant thought at all, but I'll tell you what, you go to the grocery store and you see these very, you know, older people, men and women working, and I'm not thinking it's because they want to. Yeah. No, I mean, sometimes you, you, you see, you know, a septuagenarian or an octogenarian working at Disney and maybe they're doing that for fun. But, of course. Um, 
but yeah, typically if they're bagging groceries, it's probably not because they want to be. So Steve, let me ask you this. When you put a plan together for someone, and I know you, there's a lot of different factors, but do you have a, a particular age that you run that plan to? I mean, you know, I mean, typically I'll... I'm going to go 90, Okay, but sometimes right. um, it really depends on the comfort level of, of the client because sometimes people will say, oh, you know, I have a lot of longevity in my family and, um, you know, I, I would rather run it to 95 or, you know, some people say I'm definitely living to, I have a client that tells me every time I'm definitely living to a hundred. So we run her plan to a hundred years old. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> but, well, living to a hundred is not a big deal anymore. It seems there's a lot of people out there living that long. No, absolutely. Um, it, you know, it's, it's crazy how many people are, are living well into their nineties. And so when you run that plan, say until 90 or 95 or even a hundred, what that means is if you, if you should pass before that, well, you've still got money left to go to your beneficiaries, go to your heirs. Exactly. So the end of every retirement distribution plan is an estate plan, right? So right. whatever, whatever you don't spend, uh, is going to go to somebody. Uh, now you, you want to make sure that goes to the people that you care about or the charities or institutions that you care about in some cases. Sure. And, and so that the two, the two are, are highly correlated. Right. And so let's talk Social Security. I know we talked a little bit about that in the last segment, but I think there are some people who think, well, you know, Social Security, um, you know, I was a good earner, but I didn't save anything. I can just exist on that. And that's a bit of a fallacy, isn't it? It is, unless you want to live a very modest, very, very modest lifestyle. Now, I've, I've met people over the years who say, you know what, I don't travel. My grandkids live nearby. I babysit three days a week for my daughter and and I don't, I don't really spend money. And maybe they can get by on a $3,000 a month lifestyle. Um, but for most people, Social Security is not going to be enough. It usually, in reality, is only going to replace about 40% of your wages. So you're going to need to get money from somewhere else. Right. The majority of Americans don't have pensions now. So if you're fortunate enough to be a government employee, whether you work here in Florida for the state or you work for the federal government, then you're going to have a pension. But for many people, they don't have a pension. So they need to withdraw from their own savings. Uh, and usually your your largest nest egg is going to be your 401k or your retirement savings. Well, and again, Social Security was never designed, even from the very beginning, it was never designed to be to replace all of your income. Correct. It was designed to keep you uh, you know, uh, sustained basically. Right. Well, so basically they have food, they have, it's a social, it's a, it's a, it's a social just, you know, a social program to basically sure. keep you above the poverty line. Well, that, I mean, again, it, I mean, not to oversimplify it, but I, you know, social security, you're not going to get rich on social security, but if that's a compliment to what you've saved over the years, you're not going to be poor either. You're going to be comfortable. Correct. And so let's talk healthcare because that's the thing that can really derail anything and everything. And how serious of conversation do you have with folks when it comes to, you know, preparing for healthcare, preparing for Medicare, what it covers, what it doesn't cover? I mean, that's a that's got to be a lengthy discussion. It is, and so you want to look, especially around, you know, obviously the window when you're going to be enrolling for Medicare. So the three months before your birth month and the three months after your birth month and obviously so you have a seven month period right around your 65th birthday where you can enroll for medicare now if you're completely healthy 
you may think, all right, well, I don't necessarily need to pay for a supplement. Um, but you, you want to, you want to have something because your health can change in an instant. And so you, and if you already have health issues, it's very important that you look at the different plans and particularly in healthy, uh, particularly important that you look at the, the formularies uh, of those plans so that you know that your prescriptions are going to be covered by the plan. Right. And so that, that's super important. Well, if you have a history of dementia, Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's, things of that nature in your family, and you think there's a reasonable chance that you could have that, probably makes sense to start planning for long-term care if you haven't done so already. Uh, now, it doesn't have to be insurance. It can be legal planning, but it makes sense to, to do that work ahead of time rather than, rather than wait till the last minute and, when you actually need the care. Well, and that's one of the things that we look at when we do our financial plans is we're going to look at and say, all right, here's where you are right now. Now, based on how your investments are invested, we pro we're projecting and we use a forward-looking projection based on those asset classes and where they are relative to their long-term historical average. But we'll look at your allocation and then we'll say, okay, based on how you have it allocated now, we're projecting a 6.2% rate of growth. And then we run your portfolio a thousand times a year and distribute those results along a belt curve where that 6.2 is the 50th percentile or the median. Okay. And so we're going to show you our, here's what, just based on your investments, the, the income level that you, your assets can support in retirement. But here are the things that can derail you. And here are the risks that you haven't properly addressed. And that's just as important in creating peace of mind as knowing you're going to have the money is knowing that there's not going to be something that's going to take that money from you later on. And oh. that's, that's what we do. And we still have about nine spots left to sit down and we'll do that absolutely for free. 800-705-9995. You'll get that comprehensive financial review and you'll see where you are today. But more importantly, you'll end up with that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. When we come back, spending in retirement. For some, it's a struggle to go from acquisition mode to distribution mode. Some tips on how to loosen the purse strings and keep your retirement on track. We are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Steve, of course, is author of the book called uh, Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Uh, he's been helping folks get to and through retirement for more than 20 years. And uh, this is going to be a fun segment, Steve. Uh, you know, when you talk about uh, opening up the purse strings, I mean, we spend so much of our lives saving, saving. We're saving, saving, saving. And at some point, we're going to make that transition, and we have to um, answer the question, what am I saving for? Well, this, right? So it's okay to begin to spend some of that money if we've got a right, if we've got the right plan in place. Yeah, no, and it's it's amazing because you know you save, and I, I met with a client just yesterday evening, and he is going to be seventy one, and he's still working, and he's saying, "Do I have enough?" And I and I, I tell him, "I've been telling you for the last five years, you have enough." But the reality is, he enjoys his work. He, he likes to know that he has enough to retire, mm -hmm. but he doesn't really want to retire because I think he enjoys that 
having the, that part of his day filled with with hours. And he, he says, oh, I'm just nervous and I'm not going to have enough. It's like, well, I, I ran an analysis and I said, this is what your lifestyle is costing you now. If you retired tomorrow, you would have enough to support three times that amount through retirement. Wow. But it's, it's you know, it's all relative, right? Because it's not just, we, we're going to talk a lot about the numbers in this segment, but it's not just the numbers, right? There's, it's also that 40 hours uh, of your week that stops. It's also that kind of piece of your identity that, that stops. And for some people, it's hard to let go. Right. I mean, I understand that. And, and I think that, that, you know, obviously our work often will define us. It's a social thing, but it's so important that, but we do need to retire at some point. And, and uh, if we have enough money, like you just said, you run those reports, that's got to be eye-opening for folks when they go, oh, wow. I mean, how many, you just told us about one guy. So how many times have you done that? And, and someone said, I don't think I can retire. And you can tell them they can. And they just, have this giant sigh of relief and say, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the, it, it, a lot of times it's the opposite, right? I, so, so it's like that. It's, it's someone is aggravated with their boss at work and they say, you know, I would love to just walk out. And so I had a client that just did that at 59 years old because I told her, hey, look, you, you have the, the ability to retire now and easily be able to support your lifestyle. Sure. And once she realized that, she said, well, why am I hanging on and stressing myself when I could be retired already? That's the question. You know? <laughs> and so the, 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 the calculus is really, if the job is enjoyable and you don't mind doing it, and it's, it's something you, you look forward to every day, then go ahead and work. But if the job is stressing you and you already have enough money saved to retire, why would you forego what could be fruitful years of your retirement to add stress in your life, potentially hinder your health and make your retirement worse because now you, you know, if you have a heart attack or something like that, then you're, you know, then you, then you're dealing with health issues as well. Mm -hmm. So what planning in a nutshell does is it gives you that peace of mind. And so if you know, Hey, look, I'm, I'm in a good spot. I could, I could retire. And now you have that week where you're stressful at work and you're, you, you remember why the things you don't like about your job. <laughs> then yep. it, it, it gives you the, the confidence to walk away if you want to. Sure. So let's say you walk away from that and maybe it's time to find that part-time job. Maybe something that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you want to work at a garden center or, you know, whatever it might be. There's a lot of opportunities out there today. Absolutely. And so for everyone, everyone's retirement is, is different. Um, you know, I often on this show, just because of my, my location near Disney, um, <laughs> well, will reference Disney, but like for a lot of people, that's part of their retirement. You know, that they, they don't, they, they love Disney and they want to, they want to work part-time in the parks. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's something we see fairly often down here. Then it becomes a want, not a need, right? Even when it right. comes to work, I want to work. I mean, the extra money's nice, but that's not my motivation. Correct. Yeah, very nice. And so there are there are obviously income solutions. There are creative ways that you can help us create income within the you know the savings that we have. Exactly. And there are the important thing, and where working with a fiduciary is so important is that a lot of the best products for income are not particularly liquid. So. And this is anything that you're going to use to produce income is intrinsically not liquid, right? Because if you pull the principal out, it's no longer producing you the income. If you bought a rental property and you sold the property, you're no longer collecting that rent. If you bought a bond 
and sold the bond, you're no longer collecting the interest payment. Um, so when you're, you're putting something aside for income, the correct mindset is the money that I'm putting aside right now is going to stay here for the rest of my life and it's going to produce me a check. Well, if I'm tying up money for the rest of my life, I want to use as little money as possible to produce the income that I need. So there's, there's two parts to this math equation. The first part is how much income do I need to generate? So the only way we're going to know that is by crafting a well-defined goal and figuring out what your spending is going to be in retirement and then looking at it relative to your guaranteed sources of income, meaning your social security and pension. So let's just say your current lifestyle is costing you $5,000 a month and you have $4,000 a month coming in, you have a $1,000 shortfall. That's the amount that you need to recreate. So we wanna find the investment that produces you that $1,000 a month for the fewest amount of dollars. And the reason again is because anything we're putting aside to produce you that income is gonna be intrinsically not liquid. Sure. Well, I like the fact that what you're essentially saying is that there are ways to create this income where you can literally turn it on and turn it off. And so when, when you need this money, you turn this one on, right? Exactly. So you can, you can, you can control when you turn on the spigot, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, again, what a great way to go through retirement. I mean, that, that kind of a reassurance and that, that sort of planning, I think, gives folks the confidence they need to take that step into retirement because it's a big step. The biggest, probably one of the biggest decisions that you'll make, because once you, once you stop working, you typically don't want to go back to work unless <laughs> you're, you're doing something like what we were talking about. Sure, where absolutely. So then, I mean, again, and, and at this point, we, it doesn't matter what the market does because we've got money that's safe. And, you know, so the money that we have at risk, we don't need that right now. So it's okay to exactly. be at risk. Exactly. So what we want to do is we want to always make sure that we have enough cash on hand or safe investments, safe and liquid investments. So if you have, going back to that same example, if you have a $1,000 a month shortfall, you always want to have three to five years of that shortfall in something safe and liquid. Now that could be CDs, it could be a stable value fund in your 401k, it could be um, short-term bonds, but it has to be something that you could access if you need it and um, it doesn't have any market risk. Right. The reason you wanna do that, and so like say you set aside five years, so you have $60,000 that's set aside and then you have something that's producing you the $1,000, right? Mm -hmm. So what that, 60,000 is, is it's a buffer. So it allows you in the times where the rest of your money, which presumably would be invested for growth, and at the times when that, that growth piece is doing poorly, you can pull from the liquid piece. Right. In the times where the growth piece is doing well, you just pull from the growth piece. I like that. Folks, if you like that, that would be a great time to give Steve a call and get on his calendar and have this conversation. Yeah, we still have about five spots left and we will put together that comprehensive retirement distribution plan for you. Boy, that sounds good to me, Steve. Folks, take advantage of what he's offering here today. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Find out where you can be in retirement. 800-705-9995. Get that comprehensive financial review. See where you stand today, yes. But really what's important is that once you get that plan put together, think about like a roadmap that's going to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. We talked about confidence. That's what you can have going into retirement. The confidence to know that your lifestyle is going to be what you want. Want it to be 800-705-9995 again 800-705-9995 you've been busy this week sending us lots of questions we'll dig in when we come right back 
Hey, we are back on The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Uh, this is the show we kind of blow the whistle on financial fouls. Steve wrote the book. It's a bestseller called Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. Steve, give me a 5,000-foot view of what that book is all about and, and why we should look at it. So it's, it's really designed to be kind of a soup to nuts understanding of a retirement distribution planning and all of the phases of retirement. So what we're going to look at in the book and what we do talk about is we start off with crafting, you know, your well-defined goal. Then we talk about which types of investments you should own for which purposes. We talk about social security. We talk about organizing your assets and being able to have them in a way that can be cohesively explained to someone in the event that you have a, a kind of a crunch time situation where you get hospitalized or you pass away, that someone can walk in there and know exactly what you have and what you, what you, you know, what you need, sure. which is one of the things that a lot of financial advisors don't focus on. But if you've ever had to administer the estate of a loved one, it, especially if they were from kind of, uh, you know, the depression era, you, you know that that can be challenging because a lot of those folks had bank accounts at 20 different banks and had stock certificates, physical certificates, and you had to wait for the stuff to come in the mail because it's not cohesively organized. And so we have the technology to organize this stuff today. It's, that's, a, that's a big piece that people don't overlook. And then we talk about what makes a good financial advisor and different things that you can do that kind of create a legacy beyond beyond wealth. All right. I like that. Laura Wealth Solutions and the, uh, is your company, and it's the website, and I encourage you to visit this. It's laurelws.com. That's laurelws.com. You've got a very comprehensive site there, Stephen, and, and again, it's worth, folks, it's worth taking a look at and just, just kind of dig in because there's a lot of information there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I do a, uh, if you're, you're curious as to my thoughts on the market, for example, I do a weekly blog. Yeah. Um, I also do a weekly a weekly spot on on television as well, which I post on the website. Okay, cool, great. Uh, so, when does that TV spot air? Uh, it's every uh, every Sunday. Every Sunday. Uh, okay. Sunday morning. So, on a show called Innovators. All right, great. Well, I'll look for that. And um, all right, let's jump into a couple of these questions here. We've still got some time. Uh, George is wondering, he says, I'll be turning 68 in January. I'm currently employed. I put about 20000 per year in my 401k. He says that's, the mu that's as much as he can right now. I plan on working to the age of 70. I'm considering collecting my Social Security when I turn 68. He figures that to be about $3,100 a month. And then using that money to max out his 401k to bring it up to the 26,000 that's allowed this year uh, and put the maximum deposit into a Roth IRA. And he says the remainder into a savings account. Would this be a sensible solution? What do you think? Uh, well, all right. There's a couple. There's a lot of moving parts here, George. Yes, so let of me. Course. <laughs> so let, let's break this down. I, I love the idea that you want to max out your Roth 401k. Mm -hmm. You know, from listening to the show, um, that I, I love Roth in general, um, in terms of new, uh, new money. However, when you're starting social security at 68, while you're still working now, your social security is going to be 85% taxable. You're going to forego the 8% guaranteed growth in your social security that you would have gotten over those two years. So Yes, there's a benefit to being able to save that extra 13000 which is what I think you're saying you're going to do here. You're going to plug an extra 6000 into your 401k and then put 7000 into a Roth. Yep. 
so, but you're costing yourself income for the remainder of your life at a time when you don't really need the income. Uh, I, I would want to look more in more detail at your overall situation to see if we couldn't find that $13,000 somewhere else in your existing assets. Sure. Uh, you may have a brokerage account or um, you might have money in the bank, which we could, we, we could burn through uh, if you reduced your check, right? So you could take the $7,000 contribution from, if you have say 30,000 in the bank, it'd be actually smarter to take the $7,000 Roth contribution for the two years and put it in from the bank and then lower your check by the extra 6,000 and, and burn through the cash. All right. So, uh, all right, we're hearing from Steve. So we got three Steves here. <laughs> all right. Steve says, starting in 2010, my spouse acquired four separate 401k plans from employers in three states. Is it possible to combine all these 401k plans into one? All right, Steve, good question. It, it depends. So is your spouse working for four separate employers currently? Uh, that would be my first question, right? So if these are all four previous employers, then there should be no, there should be no issue just, you know, in terms of state jurisdiction, that's not an issue. Mm -hmm. um, the question is, is if she's actively employed, some plans are not going to allow her to move money out of that plan. And so now if she's older than 59 and a half, then she possibly could do that because a lot of those plans will allow you to move the existing balance and do an in-service rollover. So there are ways to consolidate the four accounts if she's older than 59 and a half or if she's separated from service from three of the four plans, which is what I'm probably assuming happened. Sure. But I never like to assume. That's why I ask a lot of questions. Of course. Well, exactly. 800-705-9995. Let's go to Gene. He says, what are my options if I'm locked into a variable annuity contract? I'm 67, planning to retire next year. He says he's had that annuity for 10 years. It's, something's not right there to me. Yeah. So you shouldn't still be locked in to your variable annuity contract if you've had it for 10 years, because most variable annuities, even the longest variable annuities are usually 10 year surrender schedules. You might mean that you're locked in because you have an income rider. And so very popular 10 years ago were variable annuities with the living benefit rider. The, the most popular ones at that time were probably Prudential or Jackson National, maybe you have. But let's just use the Prudential one for an example, since I don't know what you have. Sure. You, the Prudential one locked in your highest day for income purposes, but that's not a value you can walk away with. You can get an, a 5% income for life off of that kind of fictitious income base. Now, the flip side of that is that you're paying close to 3 to 4% in expenses on the variable annuity. So let's just say... Gene, that you have 300,000 in there, you're probably paying somewhere in the neighborhood of nine to $12,000 worth of expenses. Now, your account might be worth 300, but you might have a benefit base of say 500, which would guarantee you an income for life of 25,000. Now, the question is, is do you need that 25,000 of guaranteed income? If the answer is no, then you're probably better off looking at something that doesn't have as much in expenses that could potentially provide you more growth? If the answer is yes, then you want to see, is there a product that's lower cost that could ultimately produce me the same amount of income or better? And that's that's a separate analysis. Right. Well, Steve, it sounds like you could be kind of an annuity fixer if someone had some questions. 
Yeah, no, that's one of the things that's one of my areas of expertise. And it's one of the things that I do all the time. And I was just having a very similar conversation yesterday to the one I'm having with Gene, where client purchased an annuity 14 years ago uh, and is scared to get out of it, even though it hasn't grown in about five or six years um, from a principal standpoint, but because the benefit base is so high. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's what kind of locks you in, but you're not, you're, you're not locked in in actuality. You're, you're in your mind, you're locked in because the benefit base is so high. And that's one of the things that we look at when we do our plans and we still do have two more spots left. If anyone wants to call in, we will do that absolutely free. 800-705-9995. Again, 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, it's a pleasure to talk with you. I love these conversations that because the, the information is so important and it's just you just make it fun to talk about. Thank you. I, likewise, I enjoy working with you and uh, we will be back here next Sunday evening. And thank you, Orlando, for listening. on this program is educational in nature and is not intended to be a recommendation for any specific investment product, strategy, plan, or other purposes. Information presented is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of subjects discussed. Prior to making any investment or financial decisions, an investor should always seek advice from a financial, insurance, legal, or tax professional that takes into account all of the particular facts and circumstances of an investor's own situation. Laurel Wealth Solutions and or Stephen Caruso offer investment advisory and financial planning services through Bellpoint Asset Management LLC, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Registration with SEC should not be construed to imply that the SEC has approved or endorsed qualifications or the services Bellpoint Asset Management offers, or that its personnel possesses a particular level of skill, expertise, or training. Coach P Radio.